Hi, I'm Crystal. And I'm Robbie. This is the NLCF Podcast. Today on Practical Theology, Robbie and I are going to be having a conversation about mental health and hope. And this is something that we touched on as a church um, at the beginning of the semester in January, February, with a multi-week series on depression, anxiety, and even addiction. We wanted to bring this up again now because of, well, the time we're in, the uncertainty, the unpredictability of the future. We know that this is weighing heavily on people, and we know that this is something in parts of the church that hasn't always been handled the best. And uh, we want to be able to bring together realistic assessments of how things are, and as Hebrews says, anchor, have an anchored hope in Jesus. So when we say mental health, what is it exactly we're talking about today? Yeah. Um, this is a term that has a very broad reach. I think that we are all probably well aware of that, um, but especially living and working in the realm of young adults like you and I do, we know that mental illness has been steadily increasing, and oftentimes we feel discouraged when any pursuit of mental wellness really appears not to have much effect on the moment. I mean, part of that is just how we're wired in our humanity. You know, when good intentions actually move to action, we want to see positive results. So it's really, really hard when we feel like our efforts are in vain. So I'm just going to put that out there. Right. And, and um, I'm sure we've all experienced an uptick of this um, in, during this time of COVID, whether we've entered into this time struggling with mental illness or we've been, we were feeling mentally well up until this point. Um, there's also uh, just kind of something that as an accomplice, uh, we might refer to it as to uh, mental health and that's stress. <laughs> mm -hmm. Stress is an instigator. It's complicated and unpredictable and it adds just this other layer to whatever uh, it's been going. Instead of the sweetener in the coffee, it's like extra caffeine <laughs> going into things. And, you know, uh, when we talk about stress, we have to acknowledge that humans are finite creatures. We don't always like to talk about this, but we have limits. Each of us, we have different limits. Everybody handles things, uh, stress differently and many different things cause stress. Mm -hmm. We even see Jesus reacting to stress. And the, the most obvious example I can think of is, uh, in the garden of Gethsemane, right? The night before he is crucified, he is just weeping and crying and, and crying out to God, this, this weight at this thing that he has to do. Um, and so we see his response to that. We see the Psalms, uh, we see David, he's got a lot of stressful things happening to him. Mm -hmm. Elijah, we talked about that during the series, uh, the light and the darkness series, uh, in first Kings 19, he is just, he's, he just leaves. He goes into the wilderness. That's how mm -hmm. he decides to handle stress as he just kind of, uh, scoots on out of town. So I think acknowledging that we are finite, acknowledging that we have these things can be helpful. For sure. And we've, I mean, you and I have certainly been experiencing kind of these waves over these last couple of months right? where some weeks are, feel a little bit lighter. Um, other weeks feel like we just, we can't get a hold of ourselves. We can't catch a break. <laughs> um, one day ends with the hope of tomorrow. And then as soon as the day begins, almost, it just feels like we've lost right. and, um, and, and have felt kind of this perpetual cycle. Yeah. Um, I think waves is the, is the best way I've heard many people describe it. Yeah. Many conversations, these, waves, these ups and downs. And yeah. I, I honestly think, like you said, many people have described it that way. I think it's natural that we feel that. And I think it's important that we are just willing to acknowledge that 
the fact that we feel stress, the fact that it may come and go, um, the fact that, that there can be just, um, even, even particular stressors of certain right. weeks or certain days that might kind of amplify the way that we feel that stress and the way that we respond to stress. Yeah. Um, it's important that we just say, Hey, like we feel that and, and we're going to feel that because that's part of COVID. It's part of this world. Um, but I was doing some reading about this, this topic of stress in particular, um, by a physician who and will, um, just offer that resource a little later, but what she had to say about this was, um, when the balance in our psychological systems is disrupted. Physiological, I believe is. It is physiological. Yeah. You're right. Yep. <laughs> um, but when, but when that balance is disrupted, the result is stress in our body. And I would say that many, even of us, uh, even of us, I think a lot of us are, are living in the comfort of our homes. Right. Right. Um, but we have felt disrupted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she continues on to say that we relieve that stress by returning to balance. Right. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, um, how to have balance in a time of COVID. What, what sort of things can we do? Um, but, you know, that, that balance, I think, sometimes can be hard to kind of get back to. Right. And so I think, I mean, I think stress, you know, it's often given this like kind of villainous sort of persona, but there is a good side to stress, you yeah. know, the term itself, when it's, when it's acute, when it's short term, um, it actually helps us to recognize and respond to threats effectively. Right. So stress in and of itself isn't always a bad thing, but prolonged stress becomes like a weed in our lives. I, right. I think about, um, the parable of the four soils. And so this, this story can be found, um, in a couple different places throughout the gospels, Matthew 13, Mark four, Luke eight, but it talks about this seed that's just kind of casually thrown, um, and these four different types of soils that it lands on. And in talking about the weeds, it's, it's this space that this, the seeds are thrown, um, and the weeds quickly grow up. Um, these worries of the will, the world, worries of the world, say that 10 times fast. The um, they rise up quickly and yeah. choke out any sort of, um, hope that the seed could have sown and offered. But um, like weeding, and I've been trying to to practice this, um, this means that there are tangible active steps that we can take to address stress and really to push it back. And I think that reality that we have um, the capacity to to meaningfully engage it um, really ought to encourage hope. Right. I hope that it does. Yeah. Um, some of you know that Robbie and I just finished a, a seminary class called Intro to Theological Studies. Um, <laughs> whoop, whoop. And uh, honestly, in one of our textbooks for this class, it has been such an encouragement to me. Um, Daniel Migliore is the author of this book. Um, and he says on his chapter on Christian hope, um, he starts out by saying that Christian faith 
is expectant faith. It eagerly awaits the completion of the creative and redemptive activity of God. And isn't that at the heart of hope? Right. And I, you know, when we talk about Christian hope, we talk about, I think sometimes people get locked into like a future tense sort of thing, but Mm -hmm. I think that there is a present hope and and Jesus kind of inaugurated that, you know, in Mark one, he's like, Hey, the kingdom's here. We're going to do some things. Mm -hmm. Or in Luke four, he's like, uh, the spirit of the Lord is on me and on me to do these things, to, to provide sight for the blind, to, for the oppressed, those sorts of things. Proclaim freedom Proclaim for the freedom, captives. Right. And so mm-hmm. I think like our, uh, we always have to have a lens as Christians and, uh, you know, we're uh, as we call it an eschatological lens. That's a real fancy term just means how things are going to work out. Right. And, uh, <laughs> we have this biblical hope and not just the biblical hope. We have a solid hope in Jesus, um, that he is doing and moving and working in the ways that he is said. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, if we look, we can see those things happening around us. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard to see those things. Sure. Um, but that is uh, kind of the lens that as Christians, we want to be able to look through. We want to look through that lens. It's not just like, a, it's not looking through rose colored glasses. It's not, uh, we're, we're not, um, not acknowledging how hard things are. Mm-hmm. It is a realistic assessment of who gets to victory. And that's Jesus. And so, yeah, it's, it's not avoiding the things or running in the other direction when it comes to the brokenness of the world. It's uh, acknowledging Jesus's goodness and applying the gospel in these things. Yeah. Yeah. It, I feel like um, biblical hope, and you mentioned Hebrews um, early on, right. but I, just in spending some time reading slowly through this book has been such an encouragement to me. Um, there are multiple times I feel like it's talking about the history of Israel. It's talking about who Jesus is and, and how, um, because of his identity and kind of this, um, this order on his life that he ushered in this renewal of all things, um, that, that, that actually turns so much of kind of what we, as people like had put our hope into, it turned it on its head and readdressed, reoriented our hearts towards our father. Um, and, and gave us this framework, this kind of sense of what we're looking towards. Like you said, eschatologically, um, (laughs) these last, last things, um, that is not just a, a future oriented hope. It's a hope to be realized here and now. It's a hope not just to be kind of held on to in our hearts, but that gives us freedom and capacity to be able to live into that hope, to be able to live into that kind of future yet realized reality here and now. I feel like we, we oftentimes kind of talk about this phrase, the already and the not yet, that through Jesus, he's already ushered in, um, redemption and this way for humanity to be fully reconciled back to God. And at the same time, like you said, biblical hope doesn't just gloss over what's hard. Jesus didn't just gloss over what was difficult. He, he was present and he wrestled and he wept. Um, but this hope has the ability and really calls Christians to, to live into 
this light of the future right? and to apply that to this present day, and to if, this season. And if I have a lens like that, if that's the way that I primarily filter the world, um, then that changes, changes my actions. It changes my actions, my attitudes over time, of course. That changes how I respond to things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that changes how we can approach things like stress and, and mental health. Again, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're, we're talking in vague, vague ideas about mental health today, mm-hmm. but you know, this, this idea of, of hope and stress and, uh, we, we had a, a series on hope a few weeks, a few years ago. Right. And it was, um, one of the things we kept saying is that hope is not wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. That's not like wish upon a star, hope these things come true. It's that, no, it, again, like Zebra says, hope is an anchor. Um, and, and so when we apply hope, it, it relies on a radical transformation of our lives and, you know, it, it allows us to join in God's action in the world to set things right. So, um, let's, you know, that was the theological, let's get to the practical. Um, yeah, first thing. So we want to, when we have stress, when stress kind of occurs and pops up in our life, mm-hmm. um, you know, we have all these different responses to it. Everybody responds a little differently. Um, and we want to be remindful of those things. You know, sometimes those are, could be a headache, uh, quick, quick to anger. <laughs> it's probably one of mine. <laughs> and it's hard to think, hard to process things quickly, increased heart, heart rate. You know, what are our coping strategies? Uh, is it the tub of cookie dough? Is it, uh, hey, hey, hey. back off that. <laughs> is tub it, cookie dough? uh, yelling? It might be me. I might get frustrated more quickly with my kids and might be quicker to yell, which is not mm-hmm. good. It could be sleeping, could be oversleeping, could be not sleeping. Um, it could be an extreme of things, could be substance abuse. It could be a whole lot of other, um, other different strategies or not even strategies, just things that occur. It could be our body's response to certain stress. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that we, um, you know, that we need to kind of be understanding like, Oh, am I, responding this way out of stress? Am I responding? Are these things occurring to me uh, or occurring in me because of what's going on around me? How can we acknowledge that? So just slowing down enough to be able to pay attention to kind of a, a, a neutral state and being aware enough. And this takes practice. I think it takes time. I think it's, it's a, a thing of just letting our hearts and our minds settle um, so that we can see when there's any sort of oscillation from that. Um, and so I, I think, yeah, just being aware, having that awareness. Um, I think too, just that, that, you know, in these times of prolonged stress, um, like you had mentioned those coping strategies and, and I feel like, um, again, this is one of the things that that, that um, physician had talked about is different coping strategies, especially more active ones, allow us to interact effectively with the world around us. Right. And this suggests that we may have some control over our stress trajectories. Yeah. Like we may have control over our stress trajectories. I feel like that's the thing when it comes to mental health, mental wellness is we feel out of control. Mm-hmm. And so to consider that we become more reactionary than proactive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so to consider that, that maybe there is a possibility 
to um, to be able to interact effectively to push back on what that could look like. Um, And so, you know, this is really why we talked weeks ago about creating healthy rhythms, that these healthy rhythms are not just meant to have a structure for the day or for the week, um, you know, because again, with COVID, like all those just got thrown up in the air. And so, um, so we need structure, but these healthy rhythms really just encourage our minds and our hearts and our spirits not to take on the weight of circumstances. Some of that is going to be inevitable. Some of us are going to be more, more likely to kind of take that on than others. Um, but these rhythms give us space to be reminded that Jesus has offered invitation to the weary and the burdened to come and to find rest. Right. And, you know, like, like we said, everybody kind of is undergoing some level of stress during this time. And uh, even I was talking to a few other pastors this morning about what that looks like for their, for their lives and then their communities. And um, yeah, I, I think that we get to, we can play a part. Uh, it, it, I think I was, I've been wrestling with this of, um, I don't want to create 10 coping strategies. I just want Jesus to take it away. <laughs> yeah. And that's a, that's, that's also fine. That's in the Bible too. Uh, that's in the Psalms as well. It's expressed. And I, but I think being able to express it is helpful and being able to learn how in this time to be resilient people who can take whatever we can into our hands. We can't take everything into our hands. Sure. Um, we want to give everything to God, but we also know that, Hey, you know, I want to change my diet so I can eat healthier. So I can, you know, like these are some things we're, we're changing our diet for our whole self. How can we do that? And this mm-hmm. is a, this is a time to think through that. Um, so let's talk about a couple of helpful things, super practical. Um, and these are just a few, but, um, I think being able to talk honestly with somebody about how you're doing mm-hmm. that is super helpful. <laughs> uh, being able to just even name, and I, I know a lot of people journal, uh, even journaling out, man, this is how I really feel. Because I think right now we, we expect everybody to kind of feel, and we don't, at least I know it's like, I don't, I don't know if I, I want to be able to share honestly, cause somebody else is feeling this way too. But if we could really find and be honest and say, Hey, I just need to share this. And this is how I'm really doing and how I'm feeling, really feeling. I think that changes just even the day, the mm-hmm. week, it changes kind of the ball game with uh, how we're, you know, sometimes we want to keep things inside, but being able to share honestly with someone we trust, I think, and, and being willing to, to let other people do that with us as well. I think that really can change how we effectively manage stress in our, in our, in our health. Um, another thing is to being realistic about what we can or cannot achieve during this time. I think we, um, there's, I've just seen so many memes, people are like, well, now you, this is the time to do all this. And I'm like, no, no, we're all responding the best we can. Let's try to be honest about what it is we can or cannot do this week. Can we get to cleaning this part of the house? I don't know. When you say this week, what you actually mean is this whole season, this last couple of weeks. <laughs> I think we all, we all, everybody always has goals that we want to be able to get to. Oh, for sure. But we got to be able to to be realistic about what what is truly possible, and not feel really down on ourselves when when we can't get to those things. So you know, another than, another one that's related to that is give yourself some grace uh, about what you know. Even last night, there was some work that we were going to, wanting to be able to do after the kids went to bed, and we were like, we just need to go to bed. Right. 
we are exhausted. We're, we're done. We're done. We need to go to bed. And I think that helped us to be able to do what we need to do today. So give yourself some grace in those spaces as well and, and kind of honestly acknowledge those things. Um, I know I just said, be honest about what you can achieve, but I think it would be helpful. This is, so I'm going to say this, make it a priority to try to spend just 10 minutes with God, uh, you know, five days a week or something, just take 10 minutes, just put it in there. Is it possible to do that? Just having this practice of presence. And if you can't do just 10 minutes of separating, just being with God, can you invite God into the things that you're doing? Well, and I think part of that too I feel like scripture is a bedrock. Yes. And the entirety of scripture, one of the, I was talking with um, somebody yesterday about our new building and the Jesus storybook Bible came up in our conversation. Right. And it's a kid's Bible for those that are unfamiliar, but um, the whole lean of every single story in this Bible points to Jesus. Right points to, to the reality from Daniel in the lion's den to, um, you know, Jesus's ministry beyond and before all throughout right. points to this reality, this narrative that God has come to rescue us, has come to bring his people back. And so I think if we, we just got to find some way to be grounded in the scriptures. We need to kind of recalculate our lives around this. Yeah. So whether it's 10 minutes, whether it's more, whether it's just slowing down throughout the day in order to just let God speak over us yeah, um, and to just figure out how, how to make that um, in a way that it really sinks in to us, whether it's a different version, whether it's a kid's Bible, whether it's through prayer or yeah. silence or whatever. Well, I remember when we had newborns, you know, or really little kids and you're, I felt like some days the only Bible we got to read was the Jesus story of the Bible. But even in that, there's like, God, can you minister to me in my heart? And I'm like weeping while I'm reading it. Um, But yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that, you know, there's also the, the book and kind of movement every moment, holy where, you know, there's, there's a, a prayer for diaper changing or a prayer for washing the dishes or some sort of liturgy in those. And it's like, we have to do those things folding clothes, whatever it is, like invite God into those spaces, invite God into your exams, into your homework, into your, um, whatever it is that you might be doing. Like he's, he's ready to be there and willing to be there in those spaces. Right. And even just to, I I think that that can be an easy thing for us to say, Yeah. invite God into it. Yeah. Yeah. Please hear this encouragement Yes. because you and I share this encouragement with one another. I feel like I, try to speak this over myself. And when I actually take this encouragement and apply it, it changes so much. So hear this encouragement, take the invitation, stop and just be with the Lord. Um, five minutes, 10 minutes, a moment, your day and the things that you need to get done can sustain the impact Yeah, that pausing for, for, these couple minutes yes. um, will have. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And the last couple of things we just want to list, I think as we were trying to recalculate and we already talked about holding on to scripture, write out some of the promises of God in scripture, some of the Psalms mm-hmm. and, and stick them up around your house, put them on a sticky notes or index cards, or, you know, if you're more fancy, you can script, write them out on canvas. <laughs> 
but whatever it is you want to do, put them up around the house. Keep looking at them every day. I, I think like that is super helpful. You know, the Deuteronomy talks about writing the scriptures over the door frames and on your gates, um, impressing them upon your heart. And so, you know, verse memorization, uh, getting in, in into that, I think just begins to recalculate us towards that biblical hope mm -hmm. and that uh, Christian hope that we can have. Um, so those are just a few helpful things. Again, if you have some that you'd like to share with us, please do info at nlcf.net or Robbie Poff or Crystal Poff at nlcf.net mm -hmm. and let us know what some of the things are that you've been doing. Um, so yeah, those are just some practical things. Um, you know, when we talk about, uh, mental health and the base of these things that we're, we've been talking about today, and this is such a difficult conversation, we're trying to pack it into, you know, just a couple minutes, just a couple minutes, obviously we're scratching the surface here, but we we want to address the difficult, you know, it seeks to address the difficult and live into the good, you know, um, that's, a, that, that's, that's a whole holistically centered way to approach things. Yeah. Things are difficult. Let's approach it. What's hard. Let's, let's process it and let's live into the good. Let's live into that hope. Um, and let's live believing the hope of Jesus uh, that he has brought to us and everything. Absolutely. Yeah. For some additional resources on this, we realized, um, this is a, this is a big conversation. Um, but if, if you're really struggling with this, don't just let it end here. The conversation, right. um, a couple resources to, to kind of look into are grace for the afflicted by Matthew Stanford, Monday morning pastors podcast by a couple of our friends, um, J.R. Briggs and Doug Moister. Um, Don't let the pastors in the title throw you off. It's it's for everybody. for everybody. And it's, it's so good. So, so look it up on iTunes um, or whatever you're listening to Monday morning pastor. Um, our theology book, Faith Seeking <laughs> Understanding by Daniel Migliori. I know that seems silly, but oh my goodness, that was such an encouragement. And his chapter on eschatology. Yeah. Um, and then this is also, this is not a book coming from a faith perspective, but I do think that it can be helpful in addressing some more kind of practical, pragmatic aspects. And this is the one you were kind of quoting from earlier. Right, yeah. right. I was talking about this earlier. It's called Lifting Depression by Kathy Lambert. And she's a PhD neuroscientist. Yes. And then uh, Grace for the Afflicted book, I just want to re-up that again. That he is a neuroscientist and a pastor. And so he has, it's, it's definitely a, a both and faith and mm. science perspective. And yeah. it's been super, both those books have been pretty helpful. Um, well, we usually have this question of what has been giving you joy this week, but mm -hmm. we wanted to change it a little bit. So what's something that has reminded you of hope this week? Absolutely. Honestly, for me, um, it's been getting my hands in the dirt and I don't mean to be talking about soil so much today, but, um, growing up, I hated weeding. I hated gardening. I hated it so much. And several years ago I was driving home and there's so much happening in my life internally, externally, um, with some work stuff. And, and I just was, I was so frustrated. And as I was driving home, I just felt the spirit say, go pull your weeds. And I knew it was the Lord because there is nothing inside of me at that point that would have said, Hey, this is what I want to go do. Yeah. Um, and for God, funsies, for funsies, ugh. um, <laughs> the Lord just ministered to me and that has been a continuous, um, lesson. I feel like he's used, he ministered to me to just get my hands dirty, 
to get in the ground. And it was almost him saying, deal with your stuff. Don't run away from it. Don't try to hope that it's going to somehow resolve itself. Take action and deal with your stuff with this promise connected to it. Because when you weed, when you're pulling out weeds out of your garden, um, you're giving space for the things that you want to look at the things that you want to see grow, you're giving space for those to thrive. And so that again, has just been an illustration God has, has used so many times, um, to just encourage me and to challenge me to, to be willing to get my hands dirty, um, because there's goodness coming. And, um, and so now this past week I've, I've just, I've been spending a ton of time kind of pulling out weeds and vines and dealing with thorns and all kinds of stuff. Um, having dirt under my nails for days, um, so that I can really plant and, um, nurture just stuff. I'm really excited to see grow up. That's awesome. How about you? Yeah. <laughs> that was a little, little teaching moment right there. <laughs> um, well for me, I, as I've been putting the kids to bed or helping, Lucy take her nap. Um, she just has these, so she's like two, almost three and she'll just lay there as she's falling asleep and she will uh, start singing to herself. She just like hums. (laughs) (laughs) It's so contented and so cute. And it just hit me this week. Like as I, I was feeling pretty overwhelmed earlier and I was like, gosh, Lord, I, I want to feel as contented as she is right now, I want to feel that contentedness with you. And, um, just realizing that I probably can. And, um, so that will just giving me some hope and some things of, and, and just a prayer for my own self, my own life. Like, can I feel that contented? Um, granted she's too, she doesn't have the stress <laughs> of the world on her shoulders mm-hmm. and not that I do either, honestly, but, um, I just want to be in a place as an adult where I can just feel that kind of sort of like sweet contentment singing to myself. Um, happy to be in my father's lap. Yeah. And, um, so that's just been giving me hope this week. Like, man, that's something that I think like, um, that's possible. So that's like a huge many year journey probably, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, I've been loving it. I've been soaking it up just for, her little, as I've been thinking about everything else I have to do, she's just singing along. Da, 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 da. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of like a, a hope, hopeful thing for me. I love so. it. Well, thank you for joining us this week on NLCF podcast on practical theology. And uh, we're grateful for you to spend your time with us. And uh, we're hopeful that this has been helpful for you. So um, if it has, let us know. Uh, info at NLCF.net. Robbie Poff, Crystal Poff at NLCF.net. Um, you can find us on Instagram at NLCFnet, on Facebook slash NLCFBT, and on our website, www.nlcf.net. As we have been blessed, if we have, as we have received blessing, let us now go out and bless others. Thanks for listening.